3: There was a time, kids, when a foreign import in the top league of football meant someone had signed a left-back from Real. Then you had the likes of Alan Simonson joining Charlton, Mirandinha at Newcastle, and of course our delays in Villa at Spurs. With the birth of the Premier League and the money involved, stars from all over the football world have ventured to our shores to dazzle us with their skills. Now Premier League squads are bursting with foreign talent. Here's Fact Hunter Neil with top 10 Premier League foreign import facts.
2: Yes, thank you very much, Pav. So what I thought I'd look at this time is who or what was the most expensive transfer from the foreign imports in the Premier League? And we'll start at number 10 with Cancelo at 58 million from Juventus to Man City in the 19 to 20 season.
1: <laughs> and then at
2: number nine, we have Murata at 59 million from Real Madrid to Chelsea, 17 and 18 season. <laughs> Right. Ruben Diaz, sixty-one million from Benfica to Man City in the twenty twenty-one
1: season. And I will
2: say now, forgive me if I get any of these pronunciations wrong, but <laughs> but we got Angel Di Maria, sixty-seven million from Real Madrid to Man United in fourteen to fifteen season. And then at number 6 Kevin De Bruyne at 68 million from Wolfsburg to Man City in the 15 to 16 season. Oh, up, 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 up. And then at number 5 is Kepa Arrizabalaga, is that right? At 72 million athlete- <laughs> Near enough, Yeah, <Neil. laughs> 72 million from Athletica to Chelsea in 18-19 season. Oh. Oh. Then at number four we have Nicolas Pepe at seventy-two million from Lille to Arsenal in the nineteen to twenty season. Oh,
3: golazo, golazo, golazo.
2: <laughs> and then at number three we have Kai Havertz at seventy-three million from Bayern Leverkusen to Chelsea at twenty twenty-one season. Oh, and then at number two we have Paul Pogba at ninety four point five million from Juventus to Man United in sixteen to seventeen season. Here's one for Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> and then at number <laughs> and then at number one we have Romalo Lu- Lukaku at one hundred and from Inter to Chelsea in the twenty one to twenty two season. So there we have it. Go. Wait.
3: Wait, please. Wait. Wait for it.
1: Oh, <laughs> Thank you for having It's
2: been great talking to you. We'll see you all next
3: week. <laughs> thank you, Neil, for thank some wonderful... Some wonderful facts there. They're, they're pretty much you got the pronunciations I'm right,
2: I think. tried my hardest. I tried my Although hardest.
3: Although I think, isn't it Angel? not oh, Angel? I probably, mean, no, I'm just probably. saying it's a simple one. But I'll take know. it on the chin. Right. <laughs> the
2: Jimmy Hill chin. <laughs> not for
3: the first time. Okay, we're doing <laughs> Premier League foreign imports uh, this week, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And uh, we have got two experts with us. Uh, will you please welcome Oliver and Harry from Teams of Our Teams of Our Lives this right, it? And oh, fucking, I never read it down. <laughs> <laughs> Teams of Our Lives podcast. Yeah, there it is. Hello, guys. How are you doing?
4: Yeah, very well. Thank you very much for having us. It's, it's
3: our pleasure. And i apologize, Oliver. I didn't know you were a Man United fan. I wouldn't have put the. Uh... Equi- I wouldn't have played that, would I? <laughs> if I'd have known that you were a man, what I mean, was it you were how sick I, of I, me I, would it have been it, to have played? to have played that with you. <laughs>
4: Not again. Looking for the fire exit. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: we'll talk a little bit about your podcast a little bit later on, if that's okay. Yeah, no worries. Um, because we, we are going to crack on with our top 10 as we have four top tens to get through tonight. Uh, so Oliver, would you like to tell us what your number 10 from league import is?
4: Absolutely. So we're going to start off. um, I've gone very kind of noughties-based, as our podcast suggests, as we'll get on to a little bit later on. Um, So my first, well, my first, my number 10 even, is uh, Nemanja Vidic, who uh, joined from Spartak Moscow uh, on Christmas Day 2005, so £7 million. And in my opinion, as a United fan, he took over the kind of hard man role that kind of Roy Keane left behind, who left that season uh, to join Celtic. Uh, made exactly 300 appearances for Man United, And uh, yeah, he's the, kind of, he's the kind of reliable guy you want in the trenches with you.
3: Mm. Well, let me just state as well, anybody that heard our um, Premier League goal scorers episode... I had this, I was talking to Oliver about it. I had this hard fact um, that I was, there was going to be no Manchester United players in my top 10. I've relaxed that fact because I did feel it was a bit unfair. Never thought I'd say that <laughs> about Manchester United, but I do feel in regards to foreign like imports into the Premier League, you have to have Man United players. So I thought I'd get that out of the way and we've got that caveat. So the one thing about United, and I don't want to praise United ever, but they were very good. They were very good at getting good centre-backs.
4: Yeah, I think so. Um yeah, Stam springs to mind as well. Rio. Um, even Yeah, Rio. They, yeah, It was a British transfer record at the time when we brought Rio in. Um, yeah, towards the end, you got a bit calamitousness. If that's a word, it is now. <laughs> it is um now. Yeah, we've done right with centre-backs. Um, yeah, for the last ten years, don't don't talk to me. You know, it's why it's why we do our podcast in the noughties. I, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Phil Jones or uh, the pink boots. <laughs> Which would you
3: rather have though, Phil Jones at his peak,
4: or um, <laughs> or uh, uh, Harry Maguire? Well, Phil, Phil Jones at his peak was playing for Blackburn Rovers.
5: Yeah, uh, oh, that is yeah, true. So, yeah, uh, that is true.
4: I think uh, I would take Harry Maguire purely just for what he's done in the World Cup in the Euros, if nothing else okay right then
3: Harry what's so where's your allegiance uh, so I'm a Portsmouth fan well done oh, <laughs> yes. that sounded very condescending <laughs> I'm, I'm so, so sorry the man around <laughs> <laughs> he's the one bless him okay so again is that another reason why the podcast is set in the thousands
5: very much so that's a bit, the last time we were you know well, the last time we were any really good let alone in the Premier League um, but yeah definitely a big reason uh, my footballer knowledge sort of ends at the end of the noughties because obviously my, well, definitely my Premier League knowledge because obviously I sort of forgot about that and had to start focusing on lower and lower and lower, <laughs> lower divisions as time went on but yeah so I've gone a little bit left field for my first pick okay so I, so I went for uh, Todorov so oh, one of the only Pompey player Because as a child, he was my like he was my icon. So I thought I'm gonna sneak him in there and then let Ollie rip into me for that and then move on (laughs) from there. I had to get A Pompey playing there and I didn't wanna do like a big one, so I thought, okay, we'll get Todd off in at number ten. Right.
3: So so you telling me that Carnu isn't in your top ten? I didn't put Carnu in because Wow, I I thought that was I figured
5: I was trying to stick with people who moved in the naughty and I figured that Karni sort of straddles that line of like late 90s early 90s so I thought, right. um, I'd leave him out and I do yeah I thought I'd just go for someone that for me was like probably my first experience of like this foreign player playing for my club that whose ne- like first name I still struggle with is what I haven't said <laughs> <laughs> <Isn't that> <laughs> or something like that it's like oh god it's it's like Wait, where's he from that? He- he's from Bulgaria oh it's Bulgarian okay yeah it's like instead of the staff but it's like right we call him Sylvester it's fine okay that's fine or as we call him we just call him Toddy that's yeah. Was, yeah yeah
3: yeah and then you missed, I'm mean, not having can you You missed out on having to say Nwankwu. <laughs> I mean, you
5: know,
3: I mean, if there's ever a chance of saying Nwankwu in a <laughs> podcast, a I mean,
2: pronunciation,
3: is it just like that? I mean, listen, you said Angel yeah, well, instead of like Angel. So I don't carry on. Um, okay. So that's a very interesting one to start off with. Then Neil, you're number so 10. So
2: I've gone for Paolo Di Canio. Um Yeah. Um, just admired him as a player. He was a, certainly a character on the pitch. Um, as we can all remember, his uh, feeble push of the ref and things like that. And, um, yeah, I thought, well, why not?
3: <laughs> One of the funniest moments ever yeah, I think. It great. was a
2: great moment in thing, And he was a cast player as well in his day. I think he was, yeah. definitely. Um, you know, he, he was very creative in what he could do and things like that. And even though he, you know, sort of more remembered for uh, West Ham than anywhere else, I think, isn't he? Um yeah, we won't, we won't put that against him. But yeah, he was he was a great player in the, in the day. So yeah, Paolo Di Canio, we go. Good
4: okay. choice, good choice. He was never never got a count for it. Did own. he not?
2: Never got a think. count. Oh, I didn't know that. That's crazy. We're going to learn things, aren't crazy. we? Pav? we're going to learn things?
4: We are going to learn and things. He also, funny enough, he he pushed the referee over in I think it was ninety eight when he was playing for Sheffield Wednesday, and then a couple of years later he won the. um BBC match of the sports fair play of the year. But didn't you? That's right, <laughs> like for because he because he caught the ball when the goal. Oh yeah, was in I Johnson remember that. Yeah, I, I yeah, quite yeah, remember. yeah. But you uh, say right. it's only
3: only him and Gary Lineker one that. Mm. Yeah, because Harry Redknapp went off his tits because he was so angry that he had a chance that's to right. score and missed, and it was was it Neville Southall? I can't remember I It was the, the goalie, but uh, but yeah. Okay then, right. My number ten is Janino from Middlesbrough. That was one hell of a team. Mm. They had, um, I think it was Emerson, I think it was Gaza playing for them at the time, I think.
4: maybe It was maybe briefly not. there in the late 90s. Yeah,
3: because yeah, that was Brian, I think Brian Robson was the manager, but they had a hell of a they team. Um, and Janinho was just that one of those Brazilian players you could just watch over and over again. It didn't matter. Um, we had on, I'll mention it on one of the honourable mentions a little bit later on, but, but Ravanelli mm. was another one that was there. It was a, it was just an exciting. T- I mean, they. I don't think they they never won anything, did they? But um, such a great team to watch. It's just so like attacking. But I think they had no defence. That was the reason that they didn't really do anything very well. But what a player! What a player! Okay, um, Oliver, you're number nine.
4: Number nine, I've gone a bit more um, down the middle now. Um, I thought I'd have to chuck in the goalkeeper as a, as a former goalkeeper myself. I say, I say former goalkeeper. <laughs> I used to play five sides <laughs> once a week right. in goal. <laughs> um, but um, I think this is probably going to be go down as the bargain of the century. I've gone for Petr Cech, who is in fact Czech. Um, he was one of the first signings of the Mourinho era and of the Abramovich era. Um, they've always been you know, Chelsea. Have never really had a decent goalkeeper before then. Um, they he signed for six million pounds uh, from French club Rennes, and kind of instantly changed fortunes with Chelsea. Instantly, instantly won a league in his first season, the first uh, Chelsea title for close to fifty years. I think it was at the time, um, and he only lost one game that whole season in the Premier League. And I think he had a crazy statistic where, in that first two seasons, he had a clean sheet percentage of 68%, I think, which is ridiculous. And that's not been done since, nowhere near no. close um, for a, for a keeper his first time in the Premier League. Absolutely insane. He's got, you know, and he's won it all as well: Champions League, FA Cups, Premier Leagues. Um, shame he went to Arsenal and kind of messed it up for himself. But uh, but I think, in terms of goalkeepers making an impact, it's him and Schmeichel
3: yeah yeah i don't think i've got a goalkeeper am i oh no i have yeah i have yeah okay Uh, i won't say anything else yet about (laughs) um so so in theory then for you he's the best premier league goalkeeper that there's been or would you say there's an english goalkeeper
4: that is better than czech (sighs)
5: that's
4: a good question isn't an english goalkeeper better than czech David Jones. (laughs) <laughs> no, not David James. <laughs> Paul Robinson. He, he was called Calamity James for a reason. And yeah, I'm a Liverpool fan and I'd know, I yeah. wouldn't say David James.
5: <laughs> yeah, <it's fine. laughs> even the Pompey shirt, there's
4: nothing there. Really? I really, to be fair, I really like Jordan Pickford. I think he's got this attitude and kind of, he, again, he can be calamity, but uh, yeah. I don't know. He's, he's got something about him I just quite like, a bit of tenacity. Okay. Okie dokie. Harry?
5: You're number nine. So uh, I've gone with someone that would be considered royalty on our podcast, I think, Ollie. and it's uh, a man that moved from Paris saint germain to Bolton Wanderers in the early 2000s. JJ and Kocha, Uh Simply just because the memories of just watching JJ and the things he could do with all these bit A little bit like you were saying earlier of Middlesbrough. Like, they had that period of time at Bolton where they just had these random people turning up like, stars like Campo and and you just wouldn't believe that now especially with like we're old enough but JJ is one of those early like naughty players that really just I think opened the door for that sort of creative style and that sort of foreign player coming over and just being considered to be like an absolute wizard mm.
3: and he didn't really get picked up i mean, not saying Bolton wasn't the big club at the time but he didn't get picked up by one of the big clubs oh, no, after no, his really. few seasons of like I think if there's one player that sort of epitomizes that particular time of the Premier League. I think it is JJ Acocha. Yeah. What a player. I mean what a player.
5: Yeah, incredible. I mean like I suppose you could argue that the full when he was at Fed and PSG, who obviously aren't giant clubs, but in their respective leagues have always been quite good clubs at what PSG more recently, I suppose. Mm, yeah, yeah. Good choice
2: go on then Neil go nine. for another West Ham person Carlos Tevez remember all the hoo-ha that he had when he came what's that all about <laughs> Ollie? <laughs>
4: <laughs> traitor absolute traitor uh, uh, But I'll no. give it to you he was good for us for 18 months and helped us win the Champions League and the title but uh, you can't just move to say, that's crazy wow.
2: But what a player. I mean, we'd have all liked him in our club, wouldn't we? That's what I always put as a brand in of a great player. Everybody would have uh, snapped him up at the time. But uh, there was all that hoo-ha, wasn't there, when he went to West Ham? And I can't quite... I was trying to read it before I... Uh,
3: he was,
4: he was third-party owned,
3: wasn't right. he? That's right. Yeah,
4: him and um, mascarano Mascarano, yeah. From uh, Corinthians, Brazilian yeah, side. It was
3: just a complete um, mess. You couldn't
2: just buy him. It had to be sort of...
3: Oh, it was, yeah. yeah, it was
2: an absolute mess. But he was a great player, wasn't he? No matter which team he went to, and yeah, what a goal scorer that you would have wanted in your squad, like I said. So yeah. And he was
3: the sort of guy that was like pressing before pressing was pressing yeah. as a as a as a forward. I mean he used to run and run and run all the time, and it was like a little like Yorkshire <laughs> Terrier nipping at your heels. No, he didn't have a neck, did he,
2: really?
4: No. no, I think yeah. was partly due to a fire. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
4: yeah uh, there you go, you know. Neil. Thanks for bringing that up, mate. I mean, <laughs> God, if Carlos is listening to this, yeah, he, yeah I'm just sorry, hey, Carlos. You no, know, I mean,
2: Sandy Togsby hasn't got a neck, but we don't we joke. You know, we still yeah. joke about that. She's she's four I mean, foot yeah. two, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and she might have been in a fire. You don't
3: know, do you? You have no idea. Anyway, right, my number nine um, is Jim Franco Zola. Um, if anything, for that one goal where he did that flick from a corner, what a fantastic goal! But he's one of those sort of players, a bit like Janino, where you I could watch him play in slow motion for hours. He's just he's just sublime. Just watching him play and his touch was always perfect. And the, and the years that he spent at Chelsea, I you know the, there wasn't many midfielders better than him. Um. And I sort of like him as a bloke as well. I think he's sort of like, he doesn't ever come over as as big-headed or he just seems very down-to-earth. Not that much cop as a manager, but there you go. Not many really great players
4: are. Um, I don't even know where he is. That's what I was going to ask, is
2: he still managing? I
3: think
4: he's uh, sitting in Lake Como yeah, a nice cup of tea, probably. (laughs) Yeah, not too sure. I always remember when he was West Ham manager, and it still baffles me, he was West Ham manager. Mm. And uh, the press were outside his house and he came out with a tray of tea and biscuits for
3: them. See what I mean? What I a lovely was,
4: man. Well, yeah, Exactly, what a lovely man, yeah. What a lovely
3: man. He was Watford manager as well, wasn't he, I think? Watford but then manager, again, yeah. 65% of the population have been Watford <laughs> manager with the, yeah. <laughs> with the owners that they've you, got now.
4: Did you see that Roy Hodgson? They've done a massive thing on Twitter it's welcome Roy Hodgson but it looked like you know when you get one of those cards when you go to a funeral it says in loving memory of <laughs> that's the way it was kind
3: of that's the way it was kind of framed <laughs> oh it was like oh the photo shots
4: kind of glow <laughs> around it yeah, yeah
3: yeah I mean they're probably right to be honest I mean he might yeah. not last till <laughs> yeah. next Christmas but
4: yeah if they got a the losing streak it, you know,
3: it might actually be his funeral yeah. it might be at yeah. 74 years old it's, I mean
5: he's always a slow star as well wherever he goes it seems a very strange what like the shops <laughs> and places like that? <laughs> yeah, there
3: as well. Yeah. Strange person bringing the rescue from relegation. Uh, I mean, look. Again, I'm biased. I'm a Liverpool fan. He nearly ruined our club. So, <laughs> anytime I see Roy Hodgson, that's why. I mean, I sort of fell in. I fell out of love with England because he was England manager. Oh. Sort of, you know. I find it very hard to. I put him almost in the Man United camp of like, you just can't, there's no, if he went, I went with Watford and they won every game for the rest of the season, I wouldn't think he'd be anything special because I just think, I and, know. And maybe he's one of these guys that feels that he can't retire. If he retires, he would just like, I don't want to tempt fate, but like he drop down dead because he's got nothing to do. I feel like David yeah, Attenborough I mean. is like that. David Attenborough keeps churning out these series because if he stops, <laughs> he's like a shark and a shark never stops. Is that right, Neil? The shark never stops? thank
4: you Neil
3: the one time you had, a, had to get a fact yeah, about sharks, sharks Neil and yeah. you let me no, down that's because oh, I live right oh by God.
2: the coast in the centre of the country you do, you do. Mm. Uh,
3: right then Ollie your number eight please uh,
4: number eight is one of those names uh, where when I looked back at my sheet I thought why did I put that but then I've kind of kind of in my head came up with a good reason why so I've gone for another Chelsea striker or Chelsea player uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank mm. um, because I think he transitioned with the Premier League very very well and in that Chelsea team transitioned from having no money at all under, under Kate uh, Ken Bates, um, to being in that first Abramovich team as well and wherever he went he scored goals um, and scored them really well. He's even part. Of, he was part of that Leeds squad as well. That mm. you know done really well. Always finished in top four uh, with Mark Viduka, Gary Speed, Alan Smith, mm. and uh, Lucas for all, all these great Leeds players. And that was the last great Leeds team they had. And when that fell to fell to crap, um, yeah, jump ship with LC, Done very well with them. And uh, what you'll find out in my lists as well is that I kind of like players who defer to smaller teams. And then bring those teams up with them. Um, so, so he joined. He joined Middlesbrough, and became a sensation for Middlesbrough as well. Took them to the League Cup final in 2004 against Bolton Wanderers, which me and Harry are obsessed over that game because it was like the cult <laughs> hero World Cup, like kind of like niche niche obscure players like Yuri Jorkiev to Hasselbank Zenden, a culture was in that final as well. Um, so yeah, and he also went to Cardiff in 2008 and played in the championship. So he never stopped kind of showing up for the little guy, and he's a consistent goal scorer. um Yeah, absolutely love the man. Never yeah. won a trophy. Never won a trophy. Never won a trophy. Really? No. Yeah, well, he was a
3: strong player as well, wasn't he? He was. He was very hard to knock off the ball, as I remember when I used to play in the Premier League. Right. <laughs> Go on, then, Harry. You're number eight, please.
5: Yeah, I think I might make uh, Neil happier. So I've gone with Luca Modric. Oh, uh, he's my number three. Uh, you're number
1: yeah.
5: three. Um, I mean, I've put, he's probably as low as seven, as eight, sorry, because uh, as a Pompey fan, I'm still a little bit bitter over that time. Tottenham still half our team. But- <laughs> that was Harry's fault, wasn't it? Let's be honest.
2: Yeah,
5: I mean, yeah. Let's blame him. <laughs> but yeah, no modern one of those people you just can't help but love. And the fact that he's still doing it now at you know at Real Madrid. Yeah. Uh, it's just unbelievable really With the sort of level he plays at. And not who can how can anyone hate that sort of Croatia side from the uh, noise as well with the beautiful kids and all wonderful players mm. like Cranchar and who else? But like, yeah, he's just one of those sort of centre midfielders that you just uh would Anyone would have in a team, and you would just love to watch. He could change
2: a game, couldn't he? That's the thing I always used yeah. to like. He really could change a game. I mean, not always would it come true for him, but yeah, I just he was a, a, a solid midfielder that could do most things. I used to love watching him pass. It used to remind me of Jan Mulby a little bit. There you go. We'll go back where he, you know, he had the vision to be able to kick it right up the field, and it would land at the other player's feet. And yeah, I like that sort of player. You know. Yeah,
3: it's the way they make those like kind of, when they ping a pass to a player, they make it look yeah. so easy. And they'll get it in such small mm. areas as well that they'll, like, going down the line or whatever. I've never, how they do that? I mean, obviously it's practice and skill. Mm. and Like you say, Jan Molby, John Barnes yeah. used to do it, and um, Liverpool again, but Fabinho is very good at doing it as well, just threading these little mm. passes. Not necessarily goal scoring passes or anything but just these little passes that create a bit of space I I love those yeah. kind of players
2: um, yeah that's a great one uh,
3: so go on then Neil your number nine no, sorry your number so, eight so um,
2: this is um, Berbatov Dimitar Berbatov when we had him at Tottenham I really enjoyed him it, it became a shame that we became a bit of a feeding club to Man United at that time um, and would have, yeah, <laughs> it really was getting a bit of a problem that we seemed to be everybody was going, but you can welcome to some of the players now, you can have Deli Alley or whatever, well, come oh, and help yourself, me. but back then it was a sad day when I saw Burbatov go off, but... Money, but he was a, he was a great player stylish uh created chances out of nothing um some wonderful goals when I was watching back at the the things that he scored out of nothing was absolutely um mesmerizing to watch but yeah he was i found him a great player um or oh, he sort of looked like he couldn't be bothered half the time didn't he when he was running around He was one of those yeah. lazy
3: looking players yeah. wasn't he yeah
2: like laicia kind of star.
5: We don't talk
2: about him, but yeah, I really admired him. But like I say, it was a shame we fed him on to another club somewhere else, one of those lower league clubs somewhere. Yeah, I can remember watching Sky Sports News and getting suckered
3: in on that that final day. You know, everyone's wearing yellow ties Mm. and stuff, and it was a shot. I think Fergie and Berbatov like walking down a corridor, and you could it was all windowed, so you could see. And they was going, this is it, yeah, it's finally going to happen on the. I think it was on the last day, um, but yeah, he, he just never looked like he gave a no. shit, did he? He's just
2: like, the same he in interviews as well. You really didn't look like he gave a shit. Yeah, yeah. probably one of the most relaxed That's football funny. players
4: you'll ever see. Mm. I've got a lot of affection for Bobitov as well. I like players who are just different. Mm. I don't yeah. think we see that enough nowadays. Someone who you know, expresses themselves by doing what they want to do on the football pitch. Um, and funny enough, you mentioned Tevez earlier. Had we not have sold, Te- or if Tevez signed a new contract and stayed with United, I don't think we would have signed mm. Bobby's
2: mm. Yeah.
3: Possibly. Okay, my number eight is um, I'm just going to say pure class. And I can't believe when I've been recording for 26 minutes or so, and this is the first Liverpool player to come in, but uh, Xabi Alonso, um, one of the just. Uh, there's a lot of the players that I've got in my top 10 that are like this the ones that you can watch them in slow motion and just find what they do is absolutely beautiful um, and also that goal from the halfway line uh, I think against Newcastle I'm not sure for, for, was it against Newcastle it was um, and the fact that uh, what I love about watching that especially when they show like behind Alonso is Stevie G losing his shit because he wants to be Pass the ball to me. And then he sees what happens and he sort of, first of all in anger and then turns around in like wonderment that, that Alonso has scored and the referee nearly got in the way as well. And the goalie falling into the <clears> net. <throat> oh, it's just a, it's a thing of beauty that would get me on the, get you on the top 10 just for that. So yeah, my number eight is Shabby Alonso. Where's the cause of everyone saying, yeah, he's in my top 10. He's in my top 10. I Can't, uh, can't say that, but
4: what yeah, we'll say probably. is that we, uh we have done a Christmas quiz and we I i, I had a signed uh, Xabi Alonso Spain shirt. Really? And we gave, we gave the winner the uh, Xabi Alonso shirt. Nice. Oh, Can I ask how you got hold of that? Does
3: he know um, that you have it? Yeah, well, maybe not. <laughs> no, maybe not.
4: Um, so i have done a charity auction a few years ago. And, um, yeah, I kept hold of a few of the shirts for purposes like that. Doing another quiz. So that's why I've nice. got a popper shirt behind me. Got a, Giving away a Sergio Aguero shirt for our next quiz, whenever we do that. Probably Easter time. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Sergio Aguero. <laughs> yeah, you uh, let me um, have that one, Ollie. You let me yeah, have that to, one. To be fair, I don't
3: know why I've still got it. Yeah. No, no. I'm supposed you're not washing the car with it or something.
4: <laughs> it's still not um, in value now. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, right, Ollie, you're number seven. Number seven, um, Roy Keane. Uh, what else can I say? He's 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 silence he's, like, 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 from everybody else. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Too scared on. to say. Um, he's,
2: yeah.
4: yeah, it's true. Uh, I think since or before him, there's not been a player with his temperament, his attitude, and maybe his ability to lift others around him. Um, the class '92 would not be remembered as fondly as they are now. I, in fact, I'm pretty certain that documentary never would have got made if it wasn't for Roy Keane um, and the impact he had on those slightly younger players. And he's mm. just. His attitude, it's a shame it didn't work out for him at the 2002 World Cup. I think that's the only thing missing from his CV, really, is kind of international uh, glory. Or if he was a bit younger, he might have joined the uh, Jack Charlton side of the early 90s. Um, But, yeah, there's there's still not a player like him. I I don't think so. Mm. Um, So certainly, you've got players like Joey Barton with an attitude, but he's nowhere near as successful.
3: I I will admit, I hated Roy Keane as a player. I thought he was everything that was wrong with the club. Just always wanting a fight. Yeah, he looked like he was. Just, that's what he was doing. Was spoiling for a fight. As a pundit, I think he's the best pundit out there. Oh yeah, because he's he's honest. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't say things because he knows that some he got some mates out there or whatever. He just says it like it is, and I I love the fact that you've got somebody out there, and I think he's brilliant as a pundit. Um. And that's all I'm going to say about Roy Keane. Anybody else have anything to say about Roy Keane?
5: No? Okay, let's move on. Um, Harry, you're number seven. Yeah, so, uh, unfortunately, I've also gone for a Manchester United player. I've gone for Park Ji Sung. Oh, okay. one of the most underrated players there is, just because like. I don't know, Oli's not enjoying this at all. I'm so sc- not surprised. Scratching his head in next, wonderment, yeah. Didn't expect the next three words out of your mouth to be parked Geeson. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, well, I was thinking like impact of foreign players and, okay, you, you know, he's one of the first big Asian players to sort of make it in the Premier League. Um, but just the way he would like turn games around as well. He's another player who could just sort of turn games around. Is a player that you could depend on in big games because United are very good at rotating him in the right way as well where he'd come on at the, for the right game in the right time and just somehow work, be an engine that just would work and change it when they needed to. And he's, I think because he wasn't sort of first name on the sheet all the time, he gets forgotten a little bit. Mm. But I, I honestly think he's one of the like, most underrated players that's ever great for Premier League really.
3: The sort of player that United's crying out for now. Yeah,
5: absolutely.
6: Mm.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I honestly haven't thought about that name until you just said it for like 20 <laughs> oh, <yeah>. years. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I mean, that's a, that's one... I mean, was it how... Ollie, how was he regarded by the United fans? Oh, I
4: think Man United fans absolutely love him. I think uh, particularly in the Champions League, uh, 2007, 2008, he would always come on and make the difference, as, as Harry was saying as well. Um, you know, if he still goes to Man United games every now and then, when he retired, he actually went to university in Leicester to uh, to study. I think if he wanted to become a lawyer or something. Um, but yeah, he's an absolute workhorse. He was technically very good on the ball. Even at, we signed him from PSV Eindhoven. Even in PSV, he's he's a he's a cult hero there. Um, and he was part of that 2002 uh, South Korean side that made it to the uh, semi-finals, controversially. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's a legend all round. And, but as a, as a player and as a United fan, nothing but a format. I don't think anyone said a bad word about him. Yeah.
2: Okay. Right then, Neil. Your number seven. It's uh, Mr. Ginola. Um I'll go back to the time. That's my number Is five. It? I'll go back to the time yeah. being a Tottenham supporter and it was announced that we were signing him. It was really exciting times. But, um you know we were suddenly starting to get these sort of name big names again coming through. Um, I think he was just a, a class act to watch, he, he was he was creative, he was still good when he went to Newcastle, wasn't he? And created stuff. Um, but yeah, I just just a great footballer, uh, just a great midfielder around all round. and um, he, he certainly helped our team out a, a few times. So, kudos to Mr. Janola. And he's good looking. Fuck mm. it, mate. He's so good. I mean, I... I all right, calm he down. Is, isn't he? He's oh, calm a good-looking sausage, isn't
3: he? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I think I preferred him more when he was in his that amazing Newcastle mm. team. That was that was when I yeah you know, the 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 two well the four three that I remember with the Colin Moore goal yeah. at the end. Um, he sort of ran the show once Newcastle were sort of on top with him and Espria was the other was Mm. the other guy but yeah that was the that was the the team that I sort of I'm going to say fell in love with Ginola because I'm getting as bad as you Neil you can't Uh, help it can you the the, the little sausage that he a little little sausage (laughs) that he is um yeah but that's a good one Neil that's a good one right my number my number seven I had to do it and this is uh killing every atom of my body uh Rude Van Nistelrooy um I can remember that time when it didn't. You'd look and see that oh yeah, United have won again, and I'm not even going to look and see who the scorers are because I know that Van Nistelrooy is going to going to be in there, and you'd watch his goals and they always not always, but majority would be like from six yards out, just like a tap in. But I can remember it just like Ian Rush in the right place at the right time, but like like a machine just constantly in the right place at the right time, constantly putting the ball in the back of the net. And I don't think, even talking as a Liverpool fan, I don't think he seemed to get the recognition that he deserved as a goal scorer. Am I, am I right in that, Oli? Well, am am yeah, I,
4: I think you're, you're semi-right, so he's my number and two. And he's my number four. Uh, right, okay. <laughs> Okay. Oh, there, go you. On. Right. there you go. We've oh, won. there you
2: go. Right. So maybe he
4: had right. exactly the right amount of recognition. He was <laughs> just never saying, yeah, a exactly.
2: scoring machine, didn't he, for ages? Just yeah.
4: constant. I think. I think what. Yeah. What, what Pav says could be correct. Like like a machine. He was very robotic and automated in that way. What people forget is that he signed from uh, uh, PSV one year late. So we actually signed him It was a year delay because his leg break. That's So not right. only did he come with a massive reputation. He came injured, and in his first season, scored 36 goals. Very good. But yeah, he was a bit like um, Inzaghi for AC Milan. He just was a goal poacher. Mm. Never score outside the box. Really good in the air as well. Um, and yeah, he left a bit on bad terms when he went to Real Madrid. I think my this is my only my theory. You know, I don't know what other United fans would say about this. Um, but the emergence of Wayne Rooney doing what he had done at 16 kind of destroyed Mr. Roy's Manchester United career. Team. No one could have predicted at 16 Rooney scoring hat tricks in the Champions League. Mm. Just being an absolute boss, he turned out to be. And I think that kind of sent Van pack in slightly earlier uh, than anticipated. Mm. Yeah, because I think he was, um, the
3: rate that he was going, he could have been United's top goal scorer, couldn't he, with the, with oh, yeah. the rate that he was scoring goals? Damn you, Rooney. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> OK, then, uh, Ollie, you're number six.
4: Uh, number six. I absolutely hate this man with all my heart. <laughs> um, but I have to concede what he's done for African football. Uh, Chelsea and the Premier League is probably quite unfathomable. It is the one, the only, it's Didier Drogba. Anybody else got him? Uh, I have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got him at number three.
3: OK. Yeah, no, I haven't Lovely got stuff. him.
4: Uh, just a classic target man Um, so our main rivals in the mid-noughties were Chelsea Um, they won the double um, 05 and 06 Um, and it was always that man Dropper who was right time right place he was big strong powerful he can score from outside the box free kicks penalties had a bit of an injection of pace on him and again I think he made that Chelsea team better up top as well uh, with Damien Duff and Joe Cole, and uh, yeah. in the early days, Ian Robin as well. Um, he's scored nearly 300 career goals, which is, I know, yeah, it's pretty good. And he's you know, won five league titles as well. Um, I don't like him at all, and I can't watch the games back on like Premiership years or any sort of season reviews or anything. But um, you have to admire what he done internationally. And he like, was a bloody nice yeah. bloke. I met him. I met him outside the oh, really? Palace Theatre. He was recording
2: a TV advert, and I was—I happened to be there. And he was so giving, if you know what I mean, to the people that were around and to the fans. And, you know, he even gave the young lad the football that he was using for the advert that was stood watching. It was really nice, and he spoke to everybody that queued or waited for a for a, uh, an autograph. So he was very good to the fans,
4: yeah. That's very good. Even uh, he stopped a civil war in uh, the Ivory Coast as well. Didn't well, well, he should true, be at number that's, one with yeah, that, that, that kind that's, of... Uh, that's, uh, that's genuinely true. I think him and the Ivory Coast team got on TV and had a plea for people to stop fighting uh, so they could uh, play in AFCON or something it along those lines. But uh, wow, yeah, right. he, did, he did stop at Civil Wow. Neil, did you call him a little sausage? No, he's <laughs> not
3: a little sausage. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> actually, he
2: was smaller than I was thinking he would be, as in shorter.
3: But yeah, right. No, okay. Well, how sausage. else would you would you mean <laughs> that? Not, not his, uh, yeah. not his <laughs> little sausage. Not <laughs> his <Yeah>. sausage.
6: <laughs>
3: anyway, moving sausage.
5: on.
6: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers.
1: That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
0: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Harry, then your number
5: six, please. All right. So my number six is uh, Dennis Burkamp. Um,
1: okay.
5: It, again, literally, just, I've started to realize a little bit of a theme of a players I've said recently. Again, she's one of those players that you just love to watch change games around and I just remember was that sort of as I was really getting into football uh, he was one of those players that you know just really caught my eye and, uh, and then that Arsenal team was just unbelievable as well but I think people forgive it Thierry wouldn't be as good as like wouldn't have had the record he had without someone like Burkamp putting strings and mm-hmm. putting those sort of walls in yeah so I've, I've put him there it, Feels a little bit low, but I mean, there's just so many good players that you know you have to. Sort
3: them out yeah, that way. this somewhere. is it. I mean, I haven't I haven't got him in my top ten, but I do feel he's one of those guys that that definitely gets forgotten because of Henri and maybe Ian Wright, people like that, people that he's played with. I think you tend to get. I almost pulled the clip with uh, when he scored in the World Cup and the commentary of the Berkham Berghamp and That it was exactly like that.
2: It sounded <laughs> exactly slightly. like that.
3: <laughs> just like that
2: yeah
3: uh, Neil then your number six well, speaking
2: please. of Arsenal people I thought I better put one in and it is Henri uh, Thierry Henri uh, goal scoring machine okay he's my number three another goal scoring legend uh, and again another player that once he arrived and started doing his business we all thought shit why haven't we got somebody like that or why haven't we got him um, and it's it's with a heavy heart that I had to put him in here because being Arsenal but no he's a, he was a great player um, and mesmerising to watch, he really
4: was. Uh, he's my he's my number one. Oh, all oh, right,
3: okay. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it up there. I'll write it down so I know that it's out there. anyway. Right, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just a class player. There's Not a lot he's else you can say player. is that
2: he really was a class player. Just played for the wrong no, team. He's
3: someone that I feel is also sort of. um. Very lucky as well. It seems that whatever manager's job he goes to in the last six months, Sky will always bring him back, <laughs> and at least he can at least he'll get an advert out yeah. of it. That's the one yeah. thing he'll do. It doesn't matter what he does. A bit like Gary Neville, go off and and do a bloody shit job at Sociedad. Was it? Was it Sociedad? He was manager know, Valencia. 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 And then they they open him. They welcome him with open arms. Again, I think he's a good pundit. Mm. I do. I hate the bloke absolutely hate him with a passion but I think he's a great pundit especially when him and Jamie Carragher are together I think they work well together how did we get on to Gary Neville how the fuck did that one happen <laughs> um, anyone else got anything to say we'll we'll leave your thoughts at the end Ollie about um, no about Henri um, anyone else got anything to say Harry do you want to say something about Henri not quite okay <laughs> right then see but Harry's playing the game right he knows what's what okay so uh, my number six is somebody that was coming to the end of their career um, as the Premier League was starting and it's Rude Hullet. Um, went from being a striker to somebody sitting in front of the back mm. four and absolutely couldn't. every time I watched him play it looked like he had like 10 yards of space around him all the time. He seems to have just time to pass the ball how he wanted to. And that comes from somebody that knows how to play the game. Somebody that has got that skill to go from being a goal scorer, I suppose a number 10 he was originally, I think, wasn't he? I think rather than a striker, to then play that number six-ish role, if you like. It was just fantastic to watch and and somebody that i just loved watching from being a number 10 to that role but i think in the premier league and then obviously went on to to manage um chelsea and he did newcastle and yeah newcastle when everything sort of went went bad with shearer and stuff um yeah class act
4: for me for number six Mm, yeah wonderful player he was the um player manager at chelsea and he was the first Player manager to bring them a cup, so they won the FA Cup in ninety seven, right? And uh, that was their first trophy for like, nearly twenty five years. So he's, mm. he's well liked in yeah. Chelsea.
3: And that was that was that pre Abramovich.
4: Yeah, that was Ken Bates. That was Ken Bates.
3: Yeah, there you go. Okay, then Ollie, number five, please. Uh, number five.
4: Uh, I've, I've got a lot of Chelsea players. And it's it's really, <laughs> it's really bad. Oh, <laughs> don't don't play this to Man United fans. Um, okay. I've gone for Nicholas and Elka. Uh, for the sort of similar reasons, I've gone for Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank. He's played for a host of different teams, from your Real Madrid your Fernabaches, your Paris Saint-Germain's. But in the Premier League, he's played for Arsenal, Liverpool, Manchester City before the money, uh, Bolton in that cold team we've mentioned before, Chelsea, and later West Brom as well. well I think he, he's kind of underappreciated as a great technical finisher. And his reading and intelligence of the game is overlooked. Um, there's often an argument that Messi was only good because the players around him in that fantastic Barcelona side. Mm. He put an Elker into any of those teams, including Bolton, who were rubbish at the time, Man City, who just got promoted. He was getting goals and goals and goals and goals and goals. Um, and I don't think he got the recognition he deserved for that. He was top goal scoring in the 09 010 season as well, uh, with Chelsea, he got to his Champions League finals and uh, played for Real Madrid as well. He, he just yeah, never got recognition like he deserved.
5: I think. And now for me was a player that I feel like I always wanted to love, and it do something to make you hate him. Mm. Like it always do something that would turn public opinion against him. And I think it just seemed to happen. He had so many chances of like, oh, you look like saying uh, at eight oh nine, he's like top goal scorer. So like later on in his career, people are like, actually know he is really good, and then he goes and you know polls a racist. Uh, no, was was he did did some sort of fascist sign? He did something, oh, something the, um, some sort of like bird
3: thing yeah. or something, didn't he? Like, like, oh, which oh, ended up being
5: can't yeah. can you? But yeah. <laughs> you get so many like rebirths and you burn the bridge every time. I don't know, but yeah, he should be remembered as a better player, I, I suppose.
3: Yeah, he seemed to finish on a, a con- his whole thing on a controversial sort of. Mood, a feeling. It sort of, almost feels like you shouldn't talk about Anelka because you know, I'm not trying to equate him with like Bill Cosby or people like that. But you know, when you you say a yeah. name, when you think, oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't like him so much. Like you say, Harry, for the specific things that he's done, but hell of a player, hell of a player, absolutely. You know, I don't know who really got the best out of him though. Do you think Arsenal got the best out of him?
4: No, not so, I'd say Bolton done very well out of him because I think they finished like sixth and got into Europe because of him and then he moved to Chelsea and Chelsea, as I said, got to a Champions League final with him under Avram Grant by some miracle. So, Uncle Avram. Yeah, Uncle (laughs) Avram. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, I I don't know who got the best out of him. I suppose he just filled filled the gaps. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right.
3: Uh, Okay, so Harry, you said Van Nistelrooy at number five. So Neil, what's your well, number
2: we've five? We've heard the soundbite loads. It's Aguero. I just uh, yeah. What this one? But <laughs> <Aguero! laughs> <laughs> uh, you know whether you love or hate the teams and etc. Like you can't admire, You can't but admire his um, goal scoring ability and his uh, ability to find the net. Change games completely if he came off the bench. Um, and again, as I look at these players, who wouldn't have wanted him in their squad? You know um but yeah and we all remember that sound bite there well yeah. this one <laughs> i think everybody sorry, but United fans leapt out of their seats watching that didn't oh, they? i'm sorry without sorry ollie but it really was a bit of history wasn't it we leapt out of our seats it and it was quite funny <laughs> but yeah, a great goal scorer, goal scorer all round, and what he achieved at City and the amount of goals he did is going to stay there for a very long time, isn't it? For him, so a great, a great player.
3: So Ollie, let's just take you back to that moment
0: <laughs> as a
3: United fan. So were you watching it on TV?
4: Um, yeah, I think I was watching like a multi TV system going on, watching different right. games. Okay, so obviously the United game finished. How? Percentage-wise, how much did you think the job was done? You know what? I just had a few... When you're playing a QPR team with Jerry Barton in there, anything could happen. Um, Yeah, I've I've, I've tried to delete it from my memory many a time. But I do remember not watching football for a long time afterwards. In the same way as we won the treble in 99, I thought that was as good as it can get. You might as well give up and choose a different sport. You know, two thousand was a bleak year. But um the same as that. I think I wasn't really starting to much of interesting football again for a couple of years. I felt exactly the same
3: nineteen eighty nine when Arsenal beat us 2 0 with Michael Thomas in the last was that minute. The game you
2: went to. Felt...
3: <laughs> that was a game I went to. I was still on the cop that night. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I've never seen so many grown men I cry you in one place. Yes. Yeah. That's my sort of one of my claims to fame. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, let's, we just, let's just have a drink, Holly, and let's just brain like, <laughs> our sorrows. Anyway, so uh my number five was uh Ginola. So
4: Ollie, it's back to you for your number four, please. Okay, we're going for an absolute bulldozer for a man who had strength, elegance, and flair, which is rare for someone who uh, was six foot four. it's Patrick Vieira. Right. Captain of the Invincibles. Uh, over 100 caps, won the World Cup, won the Euros, seven league titles, uh, Champions League, French player of the year, twice, just done it all. And as I said, I, one thing I do look for a player is a bit of flair, a bit of something different to everyone else, and he certainly had that charging forward, which is quite rare to see for a man of his size. Mm. But again, as a United player,
3: a uh, United fan,
4: didn't you hate him? Oh, with a passion. It's, it's the same as Drogba, really. I absolutely despise him in, in the noughties. Um, but again When you watch these clips back And you think Bloody hell he was good And you don't see players Like that anymore Once again You, you know alley played Plays a similar position To what Vieira could play And he just, he just doesn't do anything He just looks lazy You know what I mean So it's Yeah you, I just I just Yearn for that kind of player To return mm. Mm.
5: Yeah I've got Vieira at four as well You've got um, Vieira at four as well Yeah Again Very very similar reasons Like it's just Uh a player you wish, you know, you don't see anymore and you wish you could and uh, I just I just remember, and I think we spoke about it a few times already, haven't we, about well, my memory, and it's probably not this, but my memory is as soon as he had left Arsenal, that's when all their problems started. <laughs> yeah. It's literally, without him being the glue for that team, everything sort of started to fade away mm. and I think if you can have that big of an impact and people still think that 20 years, wow. Well, Close to like later, like that, that shows just your quality, doesn't it? Yeah, no, I absolutely. If he, if he stayed another year,
4: he would have played in the Champions League final and they might have won that. But then, you know, Vieira left, they lose to Champions League final, Thierry Henry goes, yeah, not been the same since. Mm.
3: Yeah, he was, he was in my, um, probably in my top 15, but I just didn't, he just didn't make my, my top uh, 10, and obviously not in your top 10, Neil, because he's no, an Arsenal no. player, yeah,
2: exactly. <coughs>
3: excuse me exactly okay that's fine um, so Neil you said Van Nistelrooy at number four yep. uh, mm. my number four is somebody that has turned Liverpool around since he came to the club uh, and that's Alisson Becker um, Liverpool have had a very good tradition of having great goalkeepers they've had some really bad ones as well um, but from Clements Grobbelar started off pretty bad but ended up becoming a legend Um, Dudek of course 2005 Um, but I don't think there's anybody that has whenever I see Liverpool and there's a one-on-one I never worry these days because he seems to do things he'll put some part of his body in the way and that that somebody is so consistent and um, scores goals as well I mean if you can get a goal scoring goalkeeper I mean that was one of my moments of the last couple of years under Klopp is is him coming up for the West Brom game and scoring that goal in the last minute. It was fantastic, but he's he can sometimes have a little bit of a, a wobble, which uh, as a as a eight playing goalkeeper w- will happen. But um, I think he's fantastic. I think he's one of my favourite Liverpool players of the moment, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, so that is my number four. Uh, And no one else has got him, obviously. (laughs) So I'll I'll take that.
4: uh, that. (laughs) Um, So, Ollie, you're number three, please. Okay, controversial one. And many people would think I'll put this person number one. But the only reason I haven't is because I think he was more successful uh, out of the Premier League. But no doubt he did change the face of what the Premier League was. It's Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, right. Okay, I'll scribble out the one I thought you was going (laughs) to (laughs) say. What
3: did you I'll I'll tell you in a minute.
4: Okay. <laughs> no, just, a minute. okay. Um, just I I I cannot describe him. He just is an enigma. He is a he is a god. He is a not a human being. Um I don't think he's as gifted in the whole Messi Ronaldo debate, I don't think he's as naturally uh, gifted with no. with the touch of a ball as Messi, but his work rate to be the best is just unlike he's like Terminator or something you just you can't stop it and the way he changed from a winger to a striker um, predominantly the, his final season with Manchester United as well and they went on to do so many amazing things with Madrid and Juve um, but in the Premier League I don't think you've seen a, again a bit like Roy Keane you've just not seen a player like him since or before
5: so he's my uh, he's my number two okay um, and yeah, very, again, very similar reasons. But uh, I suppose on the uh, flip side, as he was a player for a long time, I hated because of how good he was and for some of the stuff he'd done in the Portugal shirt, shall we say. Um, <laughs> but my the wink. one, of, you mean the wings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, what I was going to say was one of my, it's probably a bizarre thing to bring up, but one of my favourite memories uh, of, of Ronaldo would be. United at Fratton Park, and Ronaldo headbutting Richard Hughes, who is this Glaswegian, uh, like hard man centre midfielder for a Portsmouth at the time. And the next day in the paper, he was like, "That wasn't a Glaswegian kiss; it was a Portuguese peck." <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then I've forgotten that. But yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I always felt that
3: like Ronaldo worked at being legendary, whereas. For Messi, it
4: sort of, came more naturally. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a great Sir Alex Ferguson quote that sums it up: "Is that I kind of mentioned it earlier? Messi needed those players around him, but you could put Cristiano in Preston North End's B team, and he'd still want to score hat trick. Yeah, and he still could. Yeah,
3: yeah. You can't. You can't fault him for. It's weird because, like, again, I was the same as you, Harry. I hated him when he was at United, but as soon as he went to like Real Madrid. I was always looking to see if he scored. And then it would be this contest of who would score more goals, Ronaldo or Messi, and they both would score 50 goals in a season. So it was ridiculous, you know, ridiculous like figures and stuff. And even at Juventus, I'd look to see if he scored. And then obviously he came back to United. So I got to hate him again now. Though. Uh, Neil, thoughts oh, on no, Ronaldo? You know. Oh. Oh, right. Okay. So. Uh, that's your number three, Oli. Uh, Drogba was your number three, Harry. Uh, Modric was your number three, Neil. Uh, my number three was Henri, Thierry Henri. Uh, Oli's number two was Van Nistelrooy. Harry's number two was Ronaldo. So, Neil, what's your number two? So
2: my number two is Klinsmann for Tottenham. Um, we went through the period of having Lineker and Gazza and having the, the highs of the early 90s that we had, and then we sort of dropped into the mid-table oblivion again, and we signed Klinsmann, and it was that sort of... You sort of had a hope again that we'd done the right thing and signed the right player, and he played well. He just didn't stay long enough with us, I, I don't think, uh, uh, which was sad, but he was he was just a legend I know that phrase is knocked around a lot but he really was a legend he became legendary for us in the the few seasons that he was there and he was just a joy to watch when he was there and like I said it is all about the hope that it gave back to us I mean I keep getting it every now and then for the last 30 years but (laughs) yeah um, that's why he's up there for me at the top he was just a great player he came with so
3: much baggage at the time he did. didn't he because he was always known as a diver mm. and everyone thought and then when he scored on his he debut does. and he did that classic dive that's why I fell mm. in love with him I thought that is fantastic that is such a great way for for you to to stand up to all the people that had been saying yeah you're just you're diving German what? <laughs> you know, don't come to the Premier League and then he scored. And I think didn't he get like, his second game? He got clattered, didn't he? Was it the second
2: or third? Yeah. Was
3: it the second or third? And he got his That's nose splattered, splattered across, across his face, didn't
2: he? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Player. Yeah.
3: Great player.
2: But it was just that hope that he sort of brought to the club again, which we've all experienced. But yeah, it was it was a nice time. Is he the, is he the best Tottenham manager they never had? Uh, who
3: knows? Who knows? I've always thought that he would be—he would
2: end up there as as manager. Of we all did. We all did. Yeah, it was one of those ones that just never came, did it? Is he no. managing still now? I don't know.
4: I think he might be managing some random team in Southeast Asia or something. He's, he's done like pretty much managed every country, mm. I Something.
3: Mm. Mm. Okay, well, so my number two is someone that. Got famous before the Premier League, but then now this is the thing I thought you were going to say. This okay. name, um, uh, Oli, is Eric Cantona. Just because I think he was the he was the foundation for how United took over the the Premier League for twenty odd years, twenty five years. What was it? Twenty twenty five years. Um, we'll always hate him for the Cup Final for for how he scored that goal and how we just let the ball just dribble between everybody. And obviously all worried about their white suits, weren't they? But um, <laughs> uh, you can't... Fu- and the thing is, is like as he's left football and become a celebrity and an actor, I really like him. I really like him. I think he's, a, he's fantastic. When he does adverts, when you see him talking, I think he's a great person that just does doesn't seem to take things seriously where he obviously took football seriously when he played Um, and again with all my fibres in my being he was a great player you know he would win a game on his own and he would stand in the middle of that pitch and accept the plaudits (laughs) and accept the, the you know like a king like you know King Eric like you know so, yeah, he's my... Another, well, that's why I wrote down Cantona when you said...
4: Yeah, <laughs> it was close. He was probably probably number 11, if I'm, if I'm being honest. He was just a bit too before my time to appreciate him. Yeah. Although I do, it's, it's him and Roy Keane who changed the foundations of, the, yeah. of that club, bringing up the class of 92, winning that league title in 94, uh, the final against Liverpool as well. And that, that made Manchester United from a team that got to finals to a team that won finals. Mm. And then that carried on for the next uh, for the rest of Fergie's career. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
3: Right then, uh, before we reveal our number ones, pff, number ones, um, <laughs> um, Ollie, do you want to run down your ten to two? Uh, then we'll hear yeah. from Harry, then Neil, then me, and then we'll
4: reveal our number ones. No uh, worries. So, number ten, forget got my paper, is uh, Nemanja Vidić. Uh, number nine was uh, a check, Number eight. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Uh, number seven was Roy Keane. Number six, Didier Dropper. Number five, Nicholas Anelka. Number four was Patrick Vieira. Number three, Christian Ronaldo. And number two, Rude Van Nisseroy. Thank you. Harry, your rundown.
5: Yep, yeah, so I started off on the high note of the Bulgarian brute himself, Todorov. Then <laughs> uh, moved on to uh, number nine with JJ Kotcher. Eight, Luca Modric. Seven, Park G. song, Six, Dennis Bergkamp. Five, Van Nistelrooy. Four, Vieira. Three, Drogba. Two is Ronaldo. Okay, Neil, your 10 So, number
2: 10 is Di Canio. Number nine is Carlos Tevez. Number eight is Berbatov. Number seven is Ginola. Number six is Henri. Number five is Aguero. Number four is Van Nistelrooy. Number three is Modric. Number two is Klinsmann.
3: Nice. And mine is number 10, Janino, 9, Gianfranco Zola, 8, Jabi Alonso, 7, Rude Van Nistelrooy, 6, Rude Hullet, 5, David Ginola, 4, Alison Becker, 3, Thierry Henry and 2, Eric Cantona. So, Oliver, would you like to tell us who your
4: number one is, please? It is against my better instincts to say, but you just have to admire the man, it is Thierry Henry.
3: Okay, is that yours as well, Harry?
4: Did <laughs>
3: it. Okay, uh, is it yours it as well? No, no,
2: no. He was he was yeah. number. Six.
3: Oh no, you had him yeah. already
4: at number six. Okay, yeah. right. So why? Um, I think he changed the face of Sky Sports marketing in terms of his skill, pace, audacity, flair, sex appeal. Just vavavoom, voom Exactly, <laughs> it's just va-va-voom. Um, again his vision his passing his play he could do anything with the football Um, he made it glamorous he made the Premier League glamorous I'm pretty sure he'd done that single handedly so after the the emergence of the Premier League in the 90s in the noughties um, it became a mass marketing tool that's when it became the best league in the world in my opinion and I think he was the reason for that Um, you look at strikers nowadays in the last couple of seasons they do not get much more than 20 goals Henri was scoring 30 consistently in an Arsenal team, as we mentioned, even when Vieira left, he was still doing that. He drags that Arsenal team to a Champions League final in 2006. Um, and it's the showboating as well, just the arrogant showboating. You know, he did no-look passes before they became a thing on FIFA. And, you know, he, he just created this brand of football and you have to tip your hat off to that. Harry? Yeah, the, yeah as you say, he's a
5: he's an innovator, wasn't he? He's like, changed the way football was presented and all sorts. But uh, for me, my, the big memory for me was that we were playing, Portsmouth were playing Arsenal in the FA Cup uh, at Fratton Park and uh, we were losing 5-1. Henri had scored a bunch of these goals. Uh, Pompey fans are just singing va-va-voom, va-va-voom. Va, voom. <laughs> what else could we do? Like, um, And then at the end of it, uh, he walks off pitch and he comes back on a pitch in a pompey top and just claps the fans. And, like, nice, that class, mm. like you, you know, that's just wonderful thing. And I think afterwards he said they've, they they were they were losing five nil or five one or whatever, and he's like, yeah, they were still singing. He's like, what, what else could I do? Yeah, and yeah. So to me, that makes him my ultimate like hero in a, in a sense. Yeah,
2: pure class, look, pure class. Uh, go on then, Neil. You're well, number one. Um, Ollie summed it up perfectly is pretty much what I was going to say. It's Ronaldo is my number one. He To me, he changed football, like you said before, to the modern game that it is now. Um, <clears throat> he is a worker like no other. Um, you could put him in any other team and he'd work as hard as he was. I mean, I'm just going to be repeating what Ollie said. He, I think he is pure, pure genius. Again, I'm, I'm with the other crowd. I think I prefer Messi as the overall footballer, but... Ronaldo, you've got to admire uh, the way that chat works, and his ethic is probably above anybody else in the Premier League right now as well. So, I give him hats off to what he's achieved, and he's still doing it. Wasn't that emotional? <laughs> 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 I had an itchy yeah, eye, and he's meals, so yeah. He's still doing it and still showing his worth because what is he thirty seven now, isn't he? Nearly
4: thirty seven. Yeah,
2: um, so. And the physique and the, the, the pace and that he still possesses at that age, I think is unbelievable. So
5: The, the shape he's in now, you wouldn't be surprised for him to still be playing at 40 and still be playing no. at a very yeah. high level. Yeah, You haven't seen players, like usually, okay, players can play on to 37, 38, but you don't see him playing at that level. high no. level. I don't doubt it with
3: him at all. Yeah, I mean, Ibrahimovic is doing it and he's, he's nearly 40, yeah. isn't he? He's nearly he 40. 40.
5: He's 40. He's quite a similar player, but he uh, works very hard to be who he, he, yeah. who he is. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's just a beast. I mean,
3: Ibrahim Ibrahimovic is just a beast. He's a beast of a man. He really is. Uh, okay, my number one, uh, no um, surprises that it's a Liverpool player, but it's somebody that has changed Liverpool from the moment that he stepped uh, into the uh, training room or the changing rooms is Virgil van Dijk. He's, um, you know, he, he joined, I think it was a January transfer um, and we got to the Champions League against Real Madrid. That It's that season. Um But since he joined, he was the person that changed the whole team. Mm-hmm. And it showed when, when, uh, when Ollie's favourite Pickford um, completely um, took him out of the game a couple of seasons ago and how much we missed him then. You know, it took two centre-backs to sort of fill the hole that he took. But everything runs through him. You know, the, the full-backs can bomb on because he's at the back and he is super cool. And it's no surprise that we've won a Champions League. We've won a league. We were one point away from City from winning the league, uh, you know, before we won the league. There's nothing more to say. I mean, he's, I think he's a legend already um, as far as Liverpool are concerned. And I don't think you'll be able to buy another player like that. I don't think there are many players like him around. Um, So long may he stay fit is uh, is all I'll I'll say about that. Right, we have a couple of honourable mentions. Uh, So at this one, Samantha said, um, that's easy, Kim Penniston said, David Ginola is number one for me. Uh, probably because of the little sausage, sausage. probably <laughs> um, at Steve Plunk said Henri the obvious answer but a entertained us and at Nick Boyd Guitar said, I remember being a teenager in the 90s and me and all my mates being obsessed with the news Fabrizio Ravanelli was heading to Middlesbrough. We weren't Middlesbrough fans, by the way. I'm a villain. Uh, we were just excited that he was on Match of the Day. Hat-trick on the debut too. Boom. And that was against Liverpool. That was, I remember that. First game of the season, he scored a hat-trick. Um, so there you go. That's our top 10 Premier League foreign imports. Um, so guys, regarding your podcast, what um, what was the reason for you to start and uh, what is it, a zeroes? Do you call it a zeroes? Nauties, yeah. Naughties,
4: that's it. Um, basically, we're a big fan of like premiership years and like season review, these kind of late night Sky Sports programs so that take you back 10, 20 years and you kind of go, oh, I remember that game from 1992, whatever. Um, but our, our, our kind of prime time for football fan fandom was wasn't in the noughties. So we wanted to kind of do an audio version of that. Um, rip off Josh Willickham's podcast completely, including the logo, and um, kind of reminisce about these cult players that we just, you, as, as we've discussed over your podcast today, you just don't see players like Oakeshire anymore, or Henri, for that matter, or Roy mm. Keane, and um, it's slowly going into this tactical. You can almost predict what's going to happen. Um, so we, yeah, we yearn for that period when uh, Facebook was just a fort. <laughs> in someone's brain so uh, yeah it is uh, Harry's and again for Harry I assume Portsmouth were
5: doing quite well then. yeah so when Oli asked me if I wanted to be a part of this I was like oh an excuse to talk about uh, Portsmouth being good I'll take it earlier on I had a little moment where uh, Ollie was you know being upset about losing the league title the last day I mean you start talking about oh, being in the crowd when you lost and I was like are you guys are really getting upset about losing league titles. <laughs> I almost lost my club. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah that no, that really is true. that is that is
3: true. Did you did you mean that this moment? <laughs> is that the moment you'd talk about <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's the last time oh, oh, yeah, my god, i, I, I yeah. promise that's no i promise that's the last <laughs> time because <laughs> if, if if you were doing the podcast and all of a sudden it was thomas is through oh we could win it here i would be i would be on the floor uh <laughs> I a a sleep, thing. I think. yeah oh my god i don't even start about that one. Oh my <laughs> lord oh my lord uh, so we will put a, a link to the the podcast in the show notes so if you want to um have a listen to it then um uh, please click. So who would be your dream guest if you could um, get them?
4: Dream guest for me, I think, would be, again, if you know, Language Barrier wasn't a thing, I think it would be Ronaldinho. Right, okay.
3: Great shout. Okay. Harry, would that be yours? Um,
5: I was quite... I was quite... I've got a very much love-hate relationship with him but I think it'd be amazing to have Harry Redknapp on to talk about that period. Mm,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm assuming it must be quite bittersweet for him because he took them to the yeah the top, didn't yeah. he? And if you look think, at where the, the club are now...
5: The thing was, obviously, because he left the first time crying in a press conference saying, I'm not going to go up the road next week. He's there in the Southampton shirt. So that, that was, you know, hard and... Then he came back and took a while. People forg- forgave him. We won the FA Cup. And then he stupidly said, oh, I'm going to retire here. This is it for me. And then a few weeks later, he'd gone again. I think if he'd never said that and then left the Tottenham, people would be like, yeah, we understand. We're in yep. shit. Go. But it's the fact he had to say, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to retire here. And that's what ruined it, I think. Um, and then he had to come back to get the... He was being given the key of like the freedom of the city sort of thing, and uh, I mean, like obviously, people just weren't having it. But it's just like oh, he should have just went gracefully, and not you didn't have to promise things. But
3: doesn't yeah. he still live down there?
5: I think he lives in Bournemouth.
3: Oh, yeah. Bournemouth, right? Yeah. Oh, bless you, Harry. Hey, <laughs> I meant Harry Redknapp. I mean, bless you too, Harry. For, you I mean, know.
5: Bless him, he's multi-millionaire in his mansion,
3: <laughs> king of the jungle yes. and everything, isn't he? I mean,
5: team,
0: well, you know, Sandra, so,
3: so, yeah. he's got. Yeah, so, training, so where, where is Portsmouth now? Then, where, where Still well, is sense. the situation with Portsmouth? Yeah, no, you know what I
5: like. mean, Neil. You're <laughs> smart ass. <laughs> uh, we are currently mid-table in League One, having a year of what's meant to be rebuilding, but at the moment, is this transfer window has been sell a bunch of players and bring in a bunch of loan players right so we'll see yeah it doesn't look the thing is we've got a we've got a billionaire owner he was he used to be the CEO of Disney um, but what's happening is it's very much we're not going to do the crazy stuff again so brick by brick as we approach we're, we're doing the stadium again and we're, we're taking things slow and hopefully in a few years we, we'll be a championship side and we're sort of that's the aim is to sort of be a decent championship side I don't know if we can deal with ever going back to the Premier League again <laughs> in the risk of
3: ruining it. All and who's the manager
5: these days? Uh, Danny Cowley and his brother Nicky Cowley. They were ah right. Who were they
3: manager of? They were, they the were whole city?
5: for managing Lincoln and taking them on a crazy FA Cup run, and then they went to Huddersfield. Huddersfield. That's but, right. I mean,
3: because <sighs> they were like touted as like the next big thing, weren't they? As the, the,
5: the two brothers, and then it sort of all sort of yeah. fell apart I've got I think we got rid of Kenny Jacket because of the way he played football and the way he was sort of consistent and we brought in these guys who played similar football but seemed to be consistent for like five games at a time and then you lose the five games in a row and it just feels like it was a little bit of a step backwards in a way but then you know you never know maybe once they finally get in their own players it will change
3: yeah yeah Mm. Uh, well, let's hope that things are yeah, on the good up. Good luck to you. Uh, you. for the Pompey. I mean, I know exactly how you feel. I mean, we lost the league by one point. I mean, I was absolutely <laughs> <Yeah>. gutted then. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I know it's crazy. It is Football, isn't it? Like, it's all relevant. It is, and and it's yeah. But you know, I used to love watching Portsmouth. I used to, especially with like Harry, it used to be so much fun watching them on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening and. Yeah, the Portsmouth versus Bolton—they've been mad games with like players that you think they shouldn't be in this league. <laughs> what they're doing in this league is crazy, and now it just feels like it's—it's. It's, I don't know.
5: It, I, I don't know if it's an
3: old man talking, but it just feels a little bit more different.
5: What's crazy to me is you look at League One now, and you have Portsmouth, Sunderland, uh, Bolton, um Ipswich, Ipswich, Sheffield teams have all been Premier League teams
3: yeah
5: all just struggling in like League One and uh, yeah I think I think it's crazy but that's I suppose that's one of the side effects of the Premier League in, in a strange way isn't it unfortunately mm. yeah yeah and it gets it means it's harder to get out it's harder
3: to, to move up that that ladder but I'm sure it'll happen
2: Let's finish you know. on a
3: positive note. Sorry, <laughs> sure um, Neil, do you want to tell everybody how they can uh, get in
2: touch? and? All uh, of okay, that? of course you can. So you That'd can find nice. us on all the social media at Top 10 Pods. Uh, come and give us a click and a like and a follow, whatever it may be. Email us at top10pods at hotmail.com. You can uh, tell us what you think a Top 10 should be or have any questions on previous uh, episodes. Come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top10pods. Uh, You can get rewards such as our episode super early, bonus episodes and scenes, behind the scenes, and even a chance to be a guest on the episode. Or check out all of our links via the link tree. You can find the link in the show notes. And please come and subscribe and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or subscribe and follow us on any other podcast platform.
3: Wonderful, and also remember we've got the new video playlists that go together with the uh, episodes uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber. So uh, that's another little extra for you. Um, That's it. Thank you very much, guys, for joining us. That was a lot of fun.
4: Lovely stuff. Yeah, thanks for having us, and uh, yeah, good work, good work on all accounts. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thank you, Ollie, and uh, Harry. Yes, thank you very much. See, look, not all
3: Man United fans are horrible. (laughs) Some of them are really nice. This one, Devon. and now i'm going to go off and have a shower because i feel all dirty and horrible that i've been having man united players in my league but let's all learn to live together and love together and little sausages and all, you know (laughs) um so yes so thank you very much ollie
4: no worries thanks guys much appreciate thank you harry thank you very much thank you neil
3: thank you guys Thank you very much everyone and let's go start the countdown.